Welcome to Calvary Christian Assembly of God. My name is Pastor Floyd McDonald, and we are looking forward to you tuning in to this week's podcast. Don't miss out on this word from the Lord. January. Do you have your Bibles with me? Say amen. amen. Turn to Malachi, the third chapter, Malachi chapter three. Some of you are probably, I'm looking at you getting cold again. Is that right? Some of you getting cold? Yes. Okay. We have Darren Todd to thank God for that. Amen. If you want your H back, he's the man to do it. Amen. <laughs> Glory to God. I'm glad we don't have that issue in there anymore. Praise God, Brother Todd. Amen. Malachi, the third chapter, one of the last is the uh, Old Testament prophets at the end of the Old Testament. Tis the season of returns. Yes. Let me say it again. Tis the season of returns. In fact, that's what I'm going to call my message this morning, returns. And it's usually, a, how many know returns, how many know that's usually a hassle? Come on, let's just be real. How many does has the patience to wait in line for your return? Give me your head, some of you are shaking your head, some of you. How many is already returning stuff? Lift your hand. Some of you are not lifting your hand because some of you gave the gift that's sitting right beside of you. <laughs> Tis the season of returns. And you know, the, the basic meaning of returns is to come or go back to a place or a person to put or send something back to a place or person. An act of coming or going back to a place or activity. Do, do you know this? That God loves returns. Let me say that again because some of you just waking up. God loves returns. In fact, there is so much in scripture of returns. I want to show you this morning what that is. And one that you're looking at Malachi, the third chapter, it is simply this. If we go to his policy, the, everybody lift up your Bible and say, this is the policy manual. The policy manual, how many know that every store, whether it's Walmart or Kohl's or come on, whatever store that you like, has a policy of returns. You've got to bring it back within a certain time and you've got to have a receipt and all that kind of stuff. How many know what I'm talking about? All of those things. How many know that the return of the policy manual of the word of God about returns is this in verse 7. From the days of your fathers, you have turned aside from my statues and you have not kept them. You know that Malachi is mirroring what America is being right now? The children of Israel that time, it's almost looking at a modern day. If you read the book of Malachi, it's almost like reading what America is going through right now. But what I want to tell you about is if we stopped right there, everybody would be so down and out. But let me continue what it says. This is what our God says in verse 7. Return to me. And I will return to you, says the Lord of hosts. Come on, somebody. Our God loves returns. Not only that, let me just go ahead and give you a point here. Really not the point of my message, but this. Our return to him is his return to us. God can't help, but how many know I must make the first move and in turn, God will return to us. 
I must pursue him. Come on. I must have the desire to do so. And in turn, God will return to us. The word of God also goes on, if you want to turn with me in Isaiah, the 44th chapter and verse 22. It says this, I have blotted out your transgressions like a cloud and your sins like a mist. Return unto me for I have redeemed you. Is there anybody happy in this room that God has redeemed you or bought you back? Come on, somebody. You were on the chopping block and God said, I haven't given up on her nor him, but when they return unto me, I have redeemed them or bought them back with my blood. That's what the word of God says on returns. Not only that, but let me continue on. And the word of God says this. He says this in Isaiah 55, verse 6 and 7. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Oh, come on, somebody. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord. Glory to God that he may have compassion on him. And to our God, he will abundantly pardon. I'm going to get excited if some of y'all just sit like a bunch of Baptists this morning. My God, I'm telling you what, that's enough to make an Egyptian mummy shout that I've not only been a pardon, I've been abundantly pardoned. Look at your neighbor and say, you've been abundantly pardoned by the blood of Jesus Christ. Anybody glad that you've been abundantly pardoned? How many know you had abundant sins, so you needed abundantly pardoned? Look at your neighbor and say, you were a mess. You were, look at him, come on, look across the aisle. Say, you were a mess. But how many lift up your hand today? Thank God that you've been forgiven and washed in the blood of Jesus Christ. Our return to him is his forgiveness for us. I've been forgiven. I've been cleansed. Come on. I've been washed. Come on, somebody. I've been sanctified or set apart. I've been justified or justified never sinned by the blood of Jesus Christ. Come on, somebody. When I ask for forgiveness, how many know he does it? Amen. How many know that's every day, every day of my life? I make it a point to say, Lord, if there's anything that is separating me from you, I ask. Come on, somebody. How many know? How many know you get a daily cleansing every day? Look at your neighbor and say, thank God you wash every day. You need to wash every day. How many know there needs to be a daily cleansing every day? A daily washing, a daily renewing in the blood of the Lamb of God. Hallelujah. He will abundantly pardon. He will forgive us. Here's some points that I want to make. That There are several reasons. And can I tell you this? In the natural, as same as the spiritual in returns that coincide together that I want to point out today. Number one is this. This is what they, they want to point it out in a, in a uh, uh, politically correct. Let me just tell you what it is. But number one is this. They, they say returns is, number one is this. 
incorrect product or size ordered. Are you ready for this? It doesn't fit. How many just had something given to you just like, and you put it, and you, you know, before you take the tags off, come on. How many of us take the tags off? Don't do that. <laughs> Try it on. Come on, with the tags on. Come on, somebody. How many of us shopping 101? Hallelujah. How many has ever put something on, and you're just like so excited to get, and then when you go, you just kind of go like this. I know guys do this. <gasps> Fits. <laughs> yeah. And you know it don't fit. You come out there and you tuck in, especially guys, they tuck in the belly rhythm and you can't hardly breathe and you're coming out with your family and you're going like this. And you're going, how does it look? And then your wife says, let out your gut. It doesn't fit, baby. Take it back. The problem is, is that it doesn't Fit. Can I tell you something this morning? I want you to go to Colossians, the third chapter in verse 1. I'm going to coincide with the natural as with the spiritual today. And I want to show you something that doesn't fit as the child of God. Look at Colossians 3 in verse 1. It said, if you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is. Why are you still focused on the things of carnality and of the flesh? Things that will despond you and take you down. How many know that God has given you a new mind? So guess what I'm going to dwell on? Pure. Come on. I'm going to dwell on things that are pure and honest and just and a good report. If there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. If you're in Christ, think on these things. Let's keep going. Man, this is good. Look at Colossians 3. Man. He's seated at the right hand of God. Look at verse 2. Set your mind on things that are above. And not on things on the earth. Look at your neighbor and say, for you have died. Just look at your neighbor and say, you're dead. I mean, know as a child of God, if you're a child of God, you ought to lift your hand and say, I'm dead to the person that I was. That old man, if your old man is dead, you ought to lift your hand and say, the old Floyd is dead. The old Margaret is dead. The old Brad is dead. The old Bill is dead. The old David is dead. Look what it says in the word of God. You have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ who is your life appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Somebody, you ought to give me a, come on, give me an amen. Say, I can't wait, pastor. I can't wait. It's getting ready to happen, church. Look what it says, though, in verse 5. Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you. Sexual immorality. I wish I had time. Impurity. Passion and evil desire and covetousness, which is idolatry. On account of these, the wrath of God is coming. Come on, somebody. In these you too once walked when you were living in them. But now, everybody say, but now. <laughs> Here it is. You must put the 
them all away or put off. It doesn't fit. Does somebody hear me right now? This is what I call the put on and put off chapter. There are just clothes that the enemy wants to attach to you. But guess what? You're a new creature in Christ. The old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Those clothes don't fit anymore. I have put them off. I am no longer that individual anymore. What does it say? Put off anger. Look at your neighbor and say, oh me, oh my. Put off anger, put off wrath, put off malice, put off slander, put off obscene talk from your mouth. I'm going to keep it till I get an amen from somebody. You can't sit there on Monday and cuss like a worldly person and on Sunday lift up your hand like you know Jesus. It just slipped past. There's no you out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaking. Replace those things with the word of the living God. Those things should come out of your mouth as a child of God. Life and death is in the power of the tongue. And they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. Not only that, I'm going to tell you, there's seeds that are surrounding you that hear what's coming out of your mouth. Everybody say, put it off. That's not a part of my language anymore. Holiness and the things of God is a part of my language. I'm speaking blessing and not cursing. Come on, somebody. I'm speaking the way God wants me to speak according to his word. Look at your neighbor and say, it don't fit in your mouth. It don't fit on you. Come on. Put it off. Seeing that you put off the old self. Look at what it says with its practices. Look at verse 10. But look at what it does say. Put off. Put on. Everybody say, put on. Let's get in the heavenly closet. God's got something for you to wear. Look at your neighbor and say, he's got your right size. He's got your right fit. Come on now. He knows your curves. Come on, baby. He knows your curves. He knows exactly how big and how small. Come on, somebody. But this is what you need to put on. Tell your neighbor, say, put on the new self which is being in renewed in knowledge and after the image. Guess what I'm looking like? Would you look at your neighbor and say, you're looking like Jesus every day. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Look what it says in verse 12. Put on this as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved. Guess what I'm putting on? Compassionate heart. I'm putting on kindness. I'm putting on humility. Come on. I'm putting on meekness. And I'm putting on patience. Hallelujah. Bearing with one another. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm putting it on. I'm bearing with you. Hallelujah. Woo. Hallelujah. <laughs> if one of you has a complaint against another, guess what you need to put on to? I said put on forgiveness. You have been robbed for so long by unforgiveness. You think you're hurting the other person? No, baby, I'm here to tell you you are hurting yourself. And you are hindering the blessing and the praise of God being edified and ministered in your life because you refuse to forgive. Today in 2020, can I tell you, we're about there. How many say, I choose to forgive. I'm going to put on the coat of forgiveness. You see, Joe... 
Joseph had a choice that day. But when his brother said, I'm the boy that you threw in the pit, but guess what? God, I tell you what, you meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. Put it on. Forgiveness. I'm putting it on this year. Unforgiveness don't fit in your life. Look at your neighbor and say, unforgiveness don't fit. Notice how many times if you have the Bible looking at it, it's called the put, what I call the put off and put on chapter. You constantly see put on and put off. And I wish we had time to go here, but the clothes of this world that the enemy offer never fits the child of God. Never. Never. And this is what I want to tell you. This is what I call again the changing clothes chapter. But I want they they probably have this list. I don't know if they have it or not. I hope they do. But I want you to see this. I I don't have time to go in all of these. But I want you to look at this. Number one, put off a lack of love. Guess what? Put on love. Put off an unforgiving spirit. And put on a forgiving spirit. I wish I had time to read this, but I don't. Put off, number six, pride. Put on humility. Put off stubbornness. Oh, Karen just talked about this. And put on brokenness. Come on, somebody. Put off disrespect for authority. And put on honor for authority. Put off, number 16, murmur and complaining. Guess what? Put on praise in its place. How many say, come on, I, I can hear some of you. Shut up. <laughs> Look at your neighbor and say, I'm putting on praise. How many know that coat of praise is fitting? Come on. For the child of God. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Hallelujah. I'm putting on praise. Guess what I'm putting off again? I'm putting off strife and contention. Guess what I'm putting on? Peace. I'm putting off retaliation or getting even. Guess what I'm putting on? Return good for evil. I'm putting off losing my temper. I'm going to say it real loud. I'm putting off losing my temper. And I'm putting on self-control. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. I could go through all these. I just don't have time. Verse 20, or number 27. I'm putting off gossip. And guess what I'm putting on? Edifying speech. I'm going to tell you something. Listen, when you're talking about others, just look at somebody. You hear somebody just give them one of these and say, let no corrupt communication come out of your mouth, but only that which is edifying and ministering grace unto the hearers. Guess what else? I'm putting off evil speaking and I'm putting on a good report. Come on, somebody. I'm putting off a critical spirit and guess what? I'm putting on kindness. I'm putting off lying and guess what I'm putting on? Speak the truth. I'm putting on profanity and I'm putting pure speech inside my spirit. Come on, somebody. I'm putting this, putting off this, 41. Lack of rejoicing always. Rejoice. That's what I'm putting on. I'm putting off worry and fear. Guess what I'm putting in? Trust in the Lord God. I'm putting off unbelief. And how many say I'm operating in the faith? I'm putting off unfaithfulness and I'm putting on faithfulness. 
this year. I'm starting, I'm starting, I'm starting. I know we got, there's a list that we could keep going on. I'm not going to do that. Guess what? I'm putting off fornication. Go ahead. I'm going to say that again. Go ahead. I'm putting off fornication. If you don't know what that means, that means sex outside of marriage. Young people, adults, let me say it again. I'm putting off fornication and putting on abstinence. Come on, somebody. I'm putting off lust and putting on pure desire. Come on, somebody. Putting off adultery and putting on marital fidelity. Come on, somebody. That's what God desires for us. And it can keep going and going and going and going but this is what I want to tell you. I was reminded of the put off, put on. In 1 Samuel, the 17th chapter, verse 38 and 39, says this, Then Saul gave David his own armor, a bronze helmet, and a coat of mail, and David put it on. You know, when you go to this world, when things happen in your life, and you confront this world, they've got an answer and they want you to put their clothes on. They want you to try what the world is trying. And do what the world is trying. But let's think about this. But Saul didn't even put on his own clothes. Saul didn't even go out to even try to fight the giant. Hello somebody. But I'm going to tell you something. You're not going to conquer spiritual problems in a natural facility. Come on somebody. Nor are you going to conquer, conquer spiritual problems in the natural. It goes both ways. This is what I want to tell you. So listen to me right now. The, 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 the things and the clothes of this world, this is what you need to try. This is what you need to experience. Drink a little bit more. Smoke a little bit more. Try this a little bit. Sleep with this woman. Do this. Do that. Can I tell you the same way as David? When he tried on the worldly clothes, guess what? He said this to Saul. It doesn't fit. And can I tell you, look at me, church. Quit trying to solve spiritual problems with physical and natural things. Guess what? The only thing that's going to solve your issue is Jesus. The name that is above every name. Solve the drug problem. Solve the alcohol problem. Solve the sin problem in your life. The name. Quit trying it on. The reason why some of you are continuing to struggle over and over, I wish we could leave these put on and put off chapter, is because you continue to try those clothes on. And can I tell you, they don't fit you. They will not fit you until you put on what the Word of God says to put on. Listen to me. Is anybody getting something out of this? Amen. Oh, this is good. The assignment of the world is for you to like to conform to the worldly allurements, but again, it will never fit the child of God. In fact, Romans chapter 12 and verse 1, I appeal to you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God to present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is our reasonable, sir. Here it is. 
be not conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind to prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of the Lord. Are you ready for a couple more? Here we go. The reason why people return another product, number two, is this. Product no longer needed. Here it is. I don't want it. <laughs> How many has got something and you just kind of went, when you open it, because you're being nice and we need to be nice. Come on. Oh. How many has ever done that? Come on, let me go. You raise your hand, right? Some of you ain't raising your hand because the person I bought is right next door. You don't want it. And here's the third reason why somebody brings a product back is this. Product does not match description on website or in catalog. Let me guess it. It's not what I thought it was. <laughs> and can I tell you the reason why there's t these two reasons? I kept thinking about a story in the Word of God. And you know it too. In fact, I want you to go there to see where it's at. In Luke the 15th chapter. See, the story that comes to mind with these two points is there was a son that tried on the clothes and the things of this world. And he spent much money at the devil's convenience store. How many's ever been to the devil's convenience store? Yeah, you thought it looked good, and you thought it tastes good, and you thought it would fit, but I wanna tell you what happened, Luke 15, you know who I'm talking about. Some of you don't yet, but you're about to find out. And it says this in verse 11, and he said there was a man who had two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of property that is coming to me. And he divided his property between them. And not many days later, the younger son gathered all that he had and he took a journey into a far country and there he squandered all of his property in reckless living. And when he had spent everything, a severe famine arose in that country and he began to be in need. So he went and he hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country who sent him into the field to feed pigs. And he was longing to be fed with the pods that the pigs ate. And no one gave him anything. Let me just bring up a point right here. Product does not match description on website or in catalog. It's not what I thought that it was. Amen. How many say, Pastor, when I got involved out into the world and I tasted and I squandered it all and I got into a lifestyle that I knew was against God's word. See, it's no marvel. The word of God says in 2 Corinthians, no marvel for Satan comes as an angel of light. It looks good, Brother John. It looks like it's going to taste good and fit right. But can I tell you, it's not what you think that it is. The devil will deceive you and kill and steal and destroy your life. Come on, how many know what I'm talking about up in this place? How many was there in the pig pen? Oh, come on, I was there squandering with them. I was there acting like them one day. Come on, somebody. But look at what, what it says. I love this. 
It's not what I thought that it was. But look at verse 17. Don't you love these words? But when he came to himself. <laughs> Glory to God. Aren't you glad when you come to yourself and just say, come on now. This ain't right. Look where I'm living. Look what he said. How many of my father's hired servants have more than enough bread? He said, but I perish with hunger. In other words, let me give you the other point. I don't like it. I'm in the middle of a pig pen and I don't like it. If you continue, listen to me, this is the day, this is Sunday after Christmas. Yeah, I'm preaching exactly what God wants me to preach. And I'm going to tell you, if you're in the pig pen, you continue to, I'm telling you, you're going to hate every bit of it. Come on. The way of a transgressor is hard. And you're going to remain and you're not going to like it and you're going to be just like that. But I'm here to tell you this morning, it's time to come to yourself and to say there is a Savior, come on, that can redeem you and forgive you from the pig pen. Listen to me. What did he say in verse 18? I will arise and go to my Father. And I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. And I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me as one of your hired servants. He said it again. I don't want it. I don't want it. I don't want it. Look at verse 20. This is so powerful. And he arose and he came to his father. Our father loves Returns. Somebody help me right now. I said our Father loves returns. There was no line. There was no impatience. He was right there waiting on you to respond. In fact, let me remind you of the scripture that I gave you at the beginning of this message and I'm hurrying. Return to me, Malachi 3, 7. And I will return to you, says the Lord. You still must make Jesus priority in 2020. Come on, somebody. Not enough money and your business growing and a new home and how much money you're going to make and uh, what kind of car. Come on. Jesus needs to be the priority in your family and in your life. Jeremiah 24, 7, just write it down. I will give them a heart to know that I am the Lord and they shall be my people and I will be their God for they shall return to me with their whole heart. Hosea 2 and 7, Abraham preached about this many a months ago. He said this in 2 and 7, it said, She shall pursue her lovers, but not overtake them. And she shall seek them, but shall not find them. And she shall say this, I will go and return to my first husband, for it was better for me than it is now. This world has tried something other than Jesus, but how many know he's waiting for a man and a woman to come back to him and to say, you're the best thing that's ever happened to me, Jesus. This is my favorite part. I want you to look at verse 20. 
in Luke 15. But, but while he was a long way off, <laughs> his father saw him. Yes. He's coming. Yes. Look at your neighbor say, look at your neighbor and say, my son and my daughter's coming home. I see him. Look at your some of it you need to look through the eyes of faith and say, I see them coming. I see my family members coming. In the name of the Lord. He saw his son a long ways off. Look what the word of God said. He saw him and he felt compassion. And he ran and embraced him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I'm no longer worthy. To be called your son. Here's my fifth. Here it is. Here's the fifth reason right here. You ready for me to give it to you? Why returns. Here it is. Damaged goods. I'm broken, busted, and disgusted, and invaluable. I'm damaged goods. Oh, but the father loves damaged goods. In fact, he can use those who are broken, busted, and disgusted, and invaluable in their eyesight. Because this is what I love for you to know his response. The father's response is always this. But the father said to his servants, bring quickly the best. I know what size he is. Oh, somebody better preach with me right now. See, there's nobody else but your loved one that knows where you fit, knows your measurements. My wife of 22 years knows why, what size I need. Come on, somebody. And guess who knows you the best? Your father. I'm invaluable. I'm damaged goods. I'm broken. But the father says this, oh Shane, you're not that. In fact, he wears a so-and-so coat, bring it to him. This is the size that he wears. Bring a size nine shoe, because that's my son. And I know where he's been and what he wears. Not only that, he's a size nine in a ring finger. Put it on and let him know that he's been forgiven. He's been washed. He was dead, but he's alive. He was lost, but now he's found. See, our God loves return. you got to return and must return to him this morning. Can I tell you, today's the day Amen. that you can return and make things right in 2020. I'm going to remind you real quick, I'm not going to read the entire scripture. I'm just going to give you an abbreviated paraphrase. But it says this in Ezekiel 46 and 9. The scripture simply says this. When you go inside of the tabernacle to offer up thanksgiving. He said, when you go in the north gate, you got to exit the south gate. If you come in the east gate, you've got to exit the west gate. Pastor, that's wonderful. Why, why are you saying that? Listen, the point is this. 
when you come in contact with the master, you'll always leave different than the way that you came. You will never go out the same door that you came in. Oh, God, I feel a witness on that. You'll always go out different than the way you came in. And if there were instructions in the natural to go in and exit a certain way, God was trying to make a point that when you give the Lord time and return to him, you'll always exit a new man and a new woman in his presence. Thanks so much for tuning in to this week's podcast. If you want more information about Calvary Christian Assembly of God, please click onto the link in the podcast. God bless you.